0: welcome to the cbd ed show with ed cheney a cbd industry expert and business executive in this program we will discuss the uses of cbd and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines now here is your host ed cheney
1: welcome listeners to the cbd ed show i'm your host ed cheney along with the, and now she has a new title, nurturing and caring Kimberly Rose.
2: Okay, I like that. Thank you, Red. Hello, everyone.
1: Well, exactly, because if you listened to last week's show, uh, we did a remote live at a brick-and-mortar retail store, the CBD cabinet, or my CBD cabinet, and you were able to firsthand witness the skill that, At Kimberly Rose had created in that team and how they handled their clients. Yeah, I I won't even call them clients anymore. How you handled your patients?
2: Well, that and they're. I mean, they're just our friends now. There, we we are so invested, and and I think that's one thing that maybe makes us a little different than other stores is that we just truly become invested in 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 our customers. Patients, whatever you would like to call them.
1: It was nice to watch that all unfold uh, in front of us. So uh, today we get the opportunity to hear some great brand stories. Uh, But first, uh, and one of those brand stories will be the journey of Dr. Daniel Whitelock. He's a practicing cannabis physician, and we were very drawn to him because his mission as he states it, is bringing natural green medicine to the forefront of modern science. And as I look back over the years, that is the one mission that those who are really trying to contribute to this industry, that's what they're doing.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we we all know that there's two types of people in the CBD industry and and we really love it when we find someone that has a true story and a real meaning
1: yeah that's correct I 100% agree with you 100% so uh we have Dr. Whitelock on the line right now so let's bring him in welcome to the show Dr. Daniel Whitelock
3: uh, people call me Dr. Dan, Dr. Daniel. I, I try and be as approachable as possible, so I think the the Dr. Daniel thing goes over a, a little bit easier with people.
1: And that and that approachability does show up in your 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 value system. Your you, everything I read about you that tends to show up. It's a it's a common thread throughout most of the things I write about you. So, uh, okay, I'm going to shoot for the Dr. Daniel. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I wonder if we could start this conversation up with maybe a little bit of the, why cannabis? Why why, why cannabis medicine?
3: Well, well, I'll I'll tell you, Ed. um, You know, I think when you look at the whole realm of natural medicines, you know, cannabis, you know, being just one of them, I think it's just such an ideal entry point. To at least get people to a certain degree um, to to take faith in the idea that we can actually harness natural products to get a good clinical wellness benefit. So I think, you know, cannabis had gained itself, you know, I think over the last maybe uh, 40 years, 50 years of, of prohibition. Um, sure. Quite a, quite a uh, kind of, I don't want to say ugly name, but a pejorative reputation. And I really just wanted to get modern society today more in sync with what the peer-reviewed literature is telling us as far as the safety of CBD and cannabis products in general.
1: There so seems to be a lot of ignoring. Really why,
3: why I thought, thought it would be just a really good entry point for the public at large uh, just to get their ears open.
1: I I love that. I love that approach to this because I also read plenty of peer reviewed, legitimate reviews and studies. And I wonder why the, the, the practicing community of medicine is not giving them more attention, but different conversation, but we'll move that to a little bit later on. <laughs> I still like to hear, and I'm sure, sure our listeners would like to hear a bit more about you. So, sure.
3: Well, cool. Well, you know, I'll try and, uh, and and, uh, Ed, you can cut me off if I tend to ramble if I go on with the me story. So I'll try and sum it up uh, pretty easily. You know, I, uh, when I got into medicine in the practice of medicine I, I originally went to a surgery residency and um, you know I found a, a, a great deal of displeasure with that just due to the hustle and bustle and pace of that and then just entered primary care from there you know seeing acutely ill patients chronically ill patients that sort of thing you know in a primary care office just like your regular doctor family yeah. practice but what was happening over time using the tools that i had available the information i had available and the medications that we just prescribe almost mindlessly i don't want to say mindlessly reflexively yeah what was happening over time was patients were entrusting me to get them better but over time these these pharmaceuticals that i was using I was just not getting the benefit. More importantly, the patients were not getting that real, real, actual wellness benefit that they were looking for. Or if they were getting benefit, it was coming at a cost that i couldn't see as reasonable. Long story short, these things for the most part that we were trying to do to get patients better, these were not sustainable. So over time i just i grew more and more weary and i think at the same time the popularity of cannabis and in particular yeah. the promise that cannabis dial holds um, was just starting to, to come to light. And slowly over time, as I started to read more and more and educate myself more and more about the endocannabinoid system, I just got more and more convinced, you know, because formerly they didn't, they didn't teach us any of this stuff in med school. We didn't even know the word endocannabinoid system. didn't right, exist right. to us
1: very well aware
2: of that. The more
3: that I familiarized myself with it was the more that I was like, wait a second. I (laughs) thought this stuff was dangerous and it could could hurt ourselves. False. (laughs) Myth busted. Turns out it can't hurt ourselves. It can only help ourselves through its natural antioxidative action amongst other things. So that's what got me to this point really through trial and error with my career that had happened before and just bringing my Self up to speed with my with my own personal knowledge through self education as to the promise of what natural products can hold for for wellness in terms of just keeping a, a human in balance for a longer time and adding quality of life years.
1: That is great. And may I take time? And I know Kim will echo this thought. May I take time to? share our appreciation of your perspective and your adherence to your oath i i know that that could be interpreted but the few cannabis doctors that we've had the pleasure of interviewing or having discussions with or even being a part of a panel with each one of them demonstrated a very similar perspective and in their own rights were becoming very very successful both their personal feeling of success as well as you know from the public's viewpoint so oh big compliment compliment to you
3: yes yes thank you thank you ed
1: and with that being said i'd love i think our listeners would like to hear how this has impacted either your community your patients your peers uh that would be very interesting as well i think even for your peers to hear this would be interesting oh
3: yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> if I can speak on my peers, um, boy, uh, doc- I'll try not to slam doctors in general. But you know, I I keep myself, um, I try and keep myself current. I, I, you know, I'm I'm in a lot of these doctor chat groups on uh, on social media and whatnot, and um, I'd say for the great majority of them, I'm still. S- doctors like me are still sort of the outcast, <laughs> they, okay. you know, because to them, their, their, their mindset is still maybe 20 years in the past regarding cannabis. So I'll leave okay. that, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there, you know, as far as, as my physician, my physician, I guess, peers, my cohorts. Um, well understood. W- with the few that, that have signed on to this, I've, i you know, things like cannabis and natural medicine and using pharmaceuticals in moderation those I found that those are the doctors that are really trying to read, and they they keep their education current. So when people are out there shopping for doctors, I'd encourage them find a doctor that reads. Long story short, as as oh, far as you know, community impact that's the that's the part where I think I've gotten the big karma win, and I'll, uh, here's the reason why. Yeah. study that i looked at um looked at the the effects of opiates and opiate related death re- relative to dispensary count in a in a county and we found that as the dispensary count goes up the yeah. opiate related uh overdoses and overdose death particularly with synthetic opiates like fentanyl those go down wow. so we're finding in real t- public health aspect okay these are real public health numbers death life this is where the rubber hits the road. You decrease death and, and mortality and morbidity by increasing access to natural medicine alternatives. That's a huge impact, G- giving patients the option to do something else beyond what wasn't working for them before where the risk was outweighing the benefit, that's huge. Giving patients the option and giving them knowledge more than anything, imparting them with the knowledge of how to use these natural products to their highest efficiency and safety, that's been huge. Patients are very grateful for it. People are able to open up their eyes to a better way of living. They seem very grateful. When patients feel like you can get them better health, they just seem so happy and, and and I just feel so energized when I see that patients are actually making progress when I visit with them uh, you know one year on from having gotten their certification their MMJ card certification I, I see them one year later and their lives have improved dramatically that 's really where I feel like i 've gotten something out of my career so um, I think there's a whole lot of promise. I think there's only a whole lot more great things to come by exploring this notion of keeping us in homeostasis using the things that we're inherently given to us here on the earth.
1: Beautiful, well said. And I, and if I believe, I, I, I'm understanding you correct, you are in favor of both natural as well as pharmaceutical to be conjunctive at some times and independent of it, each other and others conditionally based yeah, i would imagine yes
3: sir. absolutely ed well you know i like to take uh, an escalating approach incrementally to healthcare you know modern medicine modern medicine is great we're so lucky and fortunate to live in the 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 modern modern age where we are right now where if there is an emergent situation and we, we, we need emergent medical care, maybe to open a clogged artery, yeah. uh, treat us for stroke, a massive injury, what have you, we're gonna need the modern magic medicine to swoop in and save our life or, or save us from, from grave danger, okay? So the modern medicine concept and modern pharmaceuticals, they absolutely have their place. Now, as, as far as day-to-day maintenance and prevention of care, that's really where we stick to and try and encourage as much as possible, going with the natural, the natural course of things. You know, how we were made, we're still in our primitive caveman and cavewoman bodies, and they were able to supri- uh, survive if they, could afford, if they could avoid infection by microbes. They could survive and live a long life with just the things around them in the ground, in the air, in the water. So Mm -hmm. what's happened in the modern day, we've gone away from those things and tried to substitute them with the the modern magic. And the modern stuff is not meant to – it's too chemically uh, different from our natural makeup to be used as a sustainable way to keep us healthy from day to day moving forward. That stuff is just an emergency situation. And what, what I think happened in modern medicine, we started to use those what I call emergency pharmaceuticals as day-to-day maintenance and management of symptoms. That's where I think we've, we've, we've gone off the path. I think we can correct ourselves, but I think that's gonna take a, 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 an amount of time and just meticulous scholarship and judicious use of time and study and implementing these things into good medical practice. So I do believe in both, but each has its time and place.
1: Well, I and mean, I think Kimberly and I, very early on, because we've been in this market space for going on seven years and i think early on we and i I think i'm looking for am i saying is our perspective correct but early on our perspective on pharmaceuticals were oftentimes they were single molecule solutions not always bringing balance to the system maybe solving one problem but creating another there whereby our, our first discoveries of the ecs system and it's reaction to cannabinoids were that it was it was balancing the entire system mm-hmm. as one piece was infected the others were recognized and adjusted accordingly yes now i i, I wonder if that's correct i once had a conversation not too long ago with a, another cannabis physician uh and she stated to me that once she discovered the ecs system much like you did to your own right. yeah to your own quest for knowledge she was literally pissed off I mean I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that correctly but <laughs> it really lit a fire <laughs> under her and uh, you know I, I can't not feel the same yeah and I knew that what this was not present it always takes a while for uh, I think knowledge to creep into the curriculum uh, but you would at least think at med school they'd be a little quicker than most. Uh, you'd, you'd,
3: you'd think so uh, you know I, I, I try not to I, I try not to tear down the, the modern medical system but the, the thing that pardon my French pisses me off the most is it's, is its pace of evolution it's too slow and you really mm-hmm. touched on something important here Ed and I, and, and I was wondering if I could just take a second to jump off on it the, the, the single molecule the, the monotherapy aspect of modern medication versus and i know you guys have talked about this before the synergistic effect of all of the cannabinoids working in concert the the synergistic polypharmacy also known as the entourage effect which in in modern medicine when you look at single molecule therapy monotherapy the idea of using many molecules all at once, simultaneously, is completely foreign. Absolutely foreign, okay? And what, we're, what I have found is that when when you use natural medicines, any natural medicine that you use is not going to be just one medicine, okay? You're, you're gonna, whether, whether it's an orange, a lemon, cannabinoids, whatever, uh-huh. and you're gonna get the entourage effect, the full spectrum effect, with those things and what happens when you good f- get a full spectrum effect, you're able to naturally enhance your homeostatic potential using a single molecule and adjusting one thing the body is going to have to compensate some other things so that's why you're always chasing your tail when you use monotherapy because your body does not recognize monotherapy, it sees it as an invader, you can get something done, for example, Nutra-sweet versus sugar, or an artificial sweetener versus sugar. It, the artificial sweetener is sweet, but it's also something else, and your tongue recognizes it. You might not be able to give it a word, but your tongue recognizes it. The same thing for your body when you, when you give it a pharmaceutical. Something happens, but your body recognizes it. Something ain't exactly kosher. Okay. So, both of us are nodding our heads. (laughs) Monotherapy versus uh, versus natural medicines that that come with an entourage of chemicals.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that. That was helpful. But you know, while you were talking, we were both going, "Oh yeah, yes, (laughs) nodding our heads." Yes, Um, that was that was great. Can you share with us maybe one of your most fondest? Uh, success stories with a patient in which you did use your cannabis uh, special skills for.
3: Oh boy, let me see. I've.
1: I know, sure you have. Not to brag, I've got. <laughs>
3: I've got some really good success stories. Let me. Um, I think one in particular was this gen- a young man, uh, a young he must have been in, in his early twenties. And I remember his his presentation was for post-traumatic stress disorder, okay. um, which is a qualifying condition for a medical cannabis card here. And I remember this this young gentleman was, was real open to the, eye of, the idea of CBD too, which made me really, really excited. I love the idea of um, of tempering just sort of the, the high concentration of uh, dispensary cannabis that has high concentration of THC tempering that with, with CPD just to keep things even. Anyway, okay. so I saw him on first visit and he said he was just trying to get his life together and he was just getting out of college and trying to balance his mood and, and get his lifestyle put together and all this stuff. So... Um, We exchanged good information, and I was able to give him some knowledge and direction as to how to really uh, utilize and harness cannabinoid science uh, to its maximal potential. So I see him a year later, and not only is, is, per per his report, not only is his mood a lot better, his process of going through, uh, of just his coping skill process was a lot more evolved his speech was better he had lost 40 pounds which was huge his social life had improved because his way of go- his curiosity had increased and getting into something that actually had an impact on his health and was able to incentivize him doing the proper habits Because at the end of the day, our health is just, it's a sum culmination of all of our habits. And like I said before, cannabis being that starting entry point to incentivize people to improve other things in their life, it was, it manifests in this young man. When I saw him the next time, the smile was there. The smile was a million bucks. Right, the karmic <laughs> energy hit me instantly. I was like, "Thank goodness I'm doing what I'm doing." I, I love yeah. to see people happy. It's just the best thing in the world. Patient getting better, improving their health—that's the money. And yeah. it just made me feel so good being being able to help someone else. It's just the most uh, joyous thing in the world in a lifetime to be able to experience that, especially in real time, one-on-one with someone who sought you out for for help with their health. So that one really resonated with me and really, really stuck out because just so many great things happened to him in just a year. So that really stuck out to me. That was a real win for me. I still feel happy about this one.
1: I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to invite Kim in on this question because in our years of being in this industry, we recognize that there are those who are early adopters that will jump right into uh, this type of a product. And then there are those who are a bit skeptical. They're right in the middle. And then there's, our, there's a group there that's opposed. Uh, that Maybe sometimes a little bit older, having to have a uh, – a viewpoint about thc and can't get past it now let's go to that group in the middle and this is why i know kim will be able to contribute to this it's dr daniel it's 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 physicians like you that help them to overcome whatever is stopping them from moving into this place and having those wins and kimberly all the patients that you have coming in to your store are you seeing that they would move quicker to a cannabis solution if they had a physician
2: oh sure it? yeah so of course uh we always want to trust our doctors and yeah. uh for the most part still everybody is uh, if my doctor says it's okay, I'm, I'm okay with trying this. Yeah. Um, I try and I, I try and give them uh, reassurance that everything I'm you know diagnosing or trying to give them some sort of relief for is not going to it's not what you think it is. You need the whole plant. Uh, yes, I have single molecule CBD isolates in the store, but for the full benefit, you really need to experience the whole plant. And some say, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And then there's still the others that are like, no, I, yeah. I, I want the THC free. I, I don't want any of those side effects.
1: Right. Now, and, and but there, if there
2: was a doctor, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And there was a, I think there's an invitation here, too, Dr. Daniel is that, is, is there an open invitation for anyone that we come in contact with, with whether it's related to the show or the store or a- anything? Can they call you?
3: Absolutely, you know, I, I, I try and keep uh, I try and keep the lines of, of communication open, um, really as much as possible, because you know, in my position. I think more than anything, being able to share and dispense information and receive and learn. I love learning information. Um, I loved watching all of your podcasts, by the way, listening to all of your podcasts, <laughs> by the way. Um, okay. and you guys have really great stuff. So I, I oh, actually learned a lot myself. But yeah, open mind to answer your question. Yes, absolutely. Um, I-, I-, I love to just be able to share what I know. It's not doing any good just sitting in my head. Good. And- And as you know, I can, (laughs) I can ramble once I start to wax poetic, I can, I can keep going. So it makes sense to, uh, make sense to tap the Buddha and, and, and see what he's got to say. So yeah, I'm always (laughs) happy to.
1: Well, Kim and I have a, a pattern of when we see somebody that needs help, we will direct them to a very specific episode. And so we'll do that with this show and we'll make sure we have a good contact for you. The one that you would choose uh, before we depart. But I want to continue. Um, so we, we've talked a little bit about why you got in. Uh, maybe how about what matters most to you now that you're in this industry and been in it for a while? What matters most to you now?
3: What matters most to me, you know, the, the big, big thing for me, more than anything, you know, there's, there's sort of the, the microcosm of, of cannabis within the macrocosm of overall wellness, right? Okay. And for me, yeah. I like to sort of pull the lens back a little bit and get a wider view of things. And for me, really the, just the most, most, most important thing is focusing on an individual patient's wellness, right? Because <clears throat> that's gonna be the unit of what's gonna ultimately determine community wellness. Much like a cell, the health of an individual cell, if you extrapolate that to the the, the person, that's gonna dictate the wellness of the person. Okay. So what I try and focus on really more than anything is when, when I'm talking about cannabino- cannabis medicines and cannabinoid science, really how I can bridge that and make my knowledge a conduit for how a patient can incorporate that into their lifestyle, their day-to-day lifestyle, their habits, to maximize their wellness, whatever it is, as they value their wellness. Different people have ideas of what wellness means to them. And I think the most important thing that I can do is try and recognize that, what it is that a patient is looking to do and how we can create an action plan, a framework, a series of steps, discrete steps that a patient can take to get them on the way to their goal. That's really the most, you, you know, touching on what's the most important thing, that's really the thing that I'm trying to do more than anything, gap, uh, bridge that gap in knowledge to okay. fill in the questions to answer, answer what the patient is looking for, how they can incorporate these natural molecules to really, really, push that ball forward and energize them to really take part in their own wellness. Because at the end of the day, I'm only going to interface them with them for a defined short period of time, and then we'll follow up again some months later. But in the interim, when they go home, They're gonna have to utilize whatever knowledge I've exchanged with them and put that to good use for the other 99% of their life. So I just try and get them to the good knowledge, direct them to the correct resources so that the patient can really, really participate in their own wellness. And at the end of the day, get quality of life years. That's that metric that I look at, the most important one. Can they live long? Can they live a high quality life? for the years that they're gonna be on this earth. That means a lot to me.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And, and I think this is why we want to make this invitation to those that we know or come in contact with or can reach. I'm up for all three of those uh, to be able to have access to you. And really our motivation is very, very simple. It's because Kim and I have a genuine passion for cannabis to show up the way it was intended to. Yes. It really has been diverted a lot over the last 14 years or so. Um, So, our passion really is. And we're at an age where our grandchildren matter. Yes. And yeah. So,
3: um, absolutely. You know, and uh, and that comes through. You know, I took a look at the Canafil website. Looks beautiful, by the way. I'm really a fan of how you guys put so much effort, you really poured your heart into connecting the knowledge that you that you have the knowledge that you still seek out and connecting that with high quality products you know getting high quality cbd products not every cbd cbd you, you find is good stuff they sell it at the right. gas station right. so well, i yeah. think the fact that you've you've been able to really really dig into the granulars behind what makes cbd such a good promising thing and connecting that with actual products it's a beautiful thing man thumbs up right. good job Roll. ed and kimberly
1: Thank you, Dr. <laughs> thank you, Daniel, for you. that. Now, let's let's do this. And this segment here is all for those who we might be able to reach yes. at this podcast. And I'm going to share with you one thing that Dr. Daniel had shared with me. Uh, and this goes with his statement of, I'd like to be very approachable. Well, he does. He offers telemedicine and virtual visits. So uh, we're going to share a phone number or a means to reach Uh, Dr. Daniel, and you heard his invitation. So Dr. Daniel, what is a good means uh, for anybody listening to this show uh, to be able to reach out to you?
3: Um, I think probably the easiest one would be through email at our Ozark okay. at, at Dr. Daniel at OzarkMMJCards.com. Um, I'm always happy to speak with patients' voice, um, but but catching me in real time via my phone, um, <laughs> pro- probably probably not a, a high possibility just just due to the volume of patients that I see. Sounds um, good. Email probably the best thing. Patients are uh, people are always welcome to call the office and they'll speak with one of my wonderful staff we try we try as much as we can to okay. interface with with the other humans and let them hear another human voice um so they're always welcome to call my office hold on a second did you guys want me to go ahead and give you the number for our office i have it right could. here i'm trying yes to- indeed um oh wow. Um gosh, we just changed our phone number. Give me one second.
1: Very good. Well, and he's I'm gonna looking... have to
3: follow up and, and, and get that back to you. Um I know that seems weird, me not we just changed our phone number. I do apologize. Um, no, i have all. to right. hang up and, and look at this phone to get it. Um, right. but for for the time being, let's let's just let's just do the Dr. Daniel at Ozark MMJ cards and I think we can we can go from there. I apologize for not having my own phone number ready. Um, I have a couple of offices, so I can't remember remember the phone numbers off the top of my head. Um, I do apologize.
1: No worries. And those who are listening, uh, just at Ozark MMJ cards would be really easy, and I have done this already, uh, is just to type any one of that, any part of that email up, and you will find their office and their website. Okay, so I think that is more than sufficient if you want my opinion, Dr. Daniel. Thank you, sir. All right. So we're going to wrap this section so we have a little bit of time to share a few more stories uh, that we were able to uncover. Uh, so, again, we really want to share or our, express our appreciation for you joining us on the show today, Dr. Daniel.
3: Oh, my pleasure, Ed. Thank you.
1: Okay, and I look forward to having conversations with you in the future. Me as well. Okay. All right. All right. So listen to this time. We're going to take a short break for our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to continue with some great stories of those who are making an impact in this space. Okay. We'll be right back.
0: Play Finding Your Frequency podcast.
3: If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeart Radio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you
1: finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics,
2: content, and ideas.
0: You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at the dot That's info at the dot com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show.
1: Hey, hey, welcome back, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. This is ed. And, and this is Kim. Right. Okay, so we have a fascinating other story that turned out to be a little bit and more interesting than we had initially thought. Uh, I was just looking for people who had a great story and why they got into the business. And what I ended up stumbling is how this damn business got started, how the industry of CBD got started. And so... Once I read through this, I I just felt I wanted to share. I I thought our listening audience would really appreciate hearing this story, especially since it starts out with, get this, a ragtag crew of activists, doctors, writers and marijuana farmers met up on a early winter evening in 2011. Yeah, you know what's going to happen after that. I even read in here at some point as a meeting started, a balloon of vaporized pot was passed in one direction and a bong was passed in the other. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, and let me give this a little more legitimacy. This was uh, posted in The New York Times uh, May of 2020.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm I'm I love it. I love it. Manda Chicago Lewis was the author of this this article, this story. So let's share it. Yeah, because
2: he's excited. He is excited.
1: Well, earlier in the show, when we talk about our passion, this story is in line with our passion.
2: Well, and I think um, also when we started doing a little bit of research on CBD brands that we wanted a a, a brand that had a story that had like realness to it, not just, you know, whatever the manufacturer commercial whatever cbd (laughs) story is yeah um but a real life story behind it so when he found this he was like oh that's great because i was like i am this is tough
1: well let's go so the story was titled a hidden origin story of the cbd craze and this is the backstory of how cannabidiol conquered the country Okay. Again, this is the backstory. Yes. I'm pretty sure they were quite surprised how it actually turned out.
2: Yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah.
1: So here we are. We have this group gathered around uh, on a early winter evening in 2011. They sat in a circle of the house. And for a few hours, and by the way, this is in San Francisco, north of San Francisco. Uh, I believe the area they were referring to it was a wine country that was then Overpopulated by cannabis farmers, so kind of a wine country that became weed country.
2: Yeah, sounds great.
1: And their job, their their point for this meeting was to discuss the therapeutic potential of CBD and how to get people to take it seriously. That was it in 2011. That was a very genuine point. uh,
2: Yeah, that is obviously the biggest issue of CBD.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so some of the players, the person that hosted this meeting uh, was Samantha Miller, uh, who is a biochemist uh, and growing marijuana since she was 14. Uh, And, you know, her her first question was, what can we do with this CBD? So as a group, uh, they started to brainstorm. And they also had uh, Martin Lee, who is a writer. Uh, Stacy Kerr, who is a physician. Wade Laughter, who was who was a grower. Uh, and by the way, he chose to cultivate pot for his glaucoma. Um, and keep that in mind as we go later on in the story. Uh, we got Mr. Mr. Lawrence Ringo, uh, which was also another grower. And we have finally Fred Gardner, who was a writer also a Harvard-educated former anti-war activist, Uh, and at the time of this story was 78, so that means he is 80 today. All right, so, well, first of all, so we have uh, these conversations happening frequently. Then we have the two growers uh, who took off uh, and now are promoting high CBD plants uh, and spreading the gospel to farmers that they can come in contact with. Uh, So let's see here Uh, in 2011, Samantha Miller was participating in a summit where THC was the sole chemical phase. So back in 2011, that makes sense to you and I. Yes. Uh, Cannabis containing sufficient amounts of CBD was still rare. Now, at the same time, in 2011, police raids and federal prosecutions of medical marijuana businesses were still common. Mm-hmm. But because CBD doesn't get you high, it was easily it was easy to miss, and hardly anyone outside of either pharmaceutical companies or academia had heard of it. So, I think it was easy to move around the country with this product because uh, nobody understood it. Yeah. Uh, so in the nine years, in the nine years since that night in the woods, one of the group's biggest goals has clearly been accomplished. People know CBD. Yes, they do. All right. So in 2020, they're suggesting that, well, they got that part of it done.
2: Yeah, they did a great job. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if the rest of this. So there's still more story here. All right. But the, All right. So then they further on to say the CBD landscape of 2020 looks nothing like what the activists and scientists had intended and they go on to say that because of federal government insistence that cannabis had no legitimate use as a medicine created two enormous problems hear this so this was a perspective for these guys the rapid increase of fake CBD products we know that happened Yes, we do. And the ridiculous separation of CBD from THC.
2: Yeah, I don't know why or when that war started. But can I tell you the why? I'm hoping it's going away.
1: Can Can I tell you the why? Go ahead. Yeah. If you said, I wanted pink lipstick, and all your friends wanted pink lipstick, and all they offered was yellow, how many business owners would start making pink? Yeah. Like in a minute, right? Right. So too many people told too many of these entrepreneurs, I don't want THC. So the entrepreneur reaction is let me give what the market wants. Right. And I don't think that was the anticipated end that this group wanted.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, if we can be totally honest here, uh, there were many times throughout the years that I approached Ed and said, Hey, Hey, uh what do you think about making a thc for product obviously keeping the full spectrum as always yeah. but then always and then making it and he has said no to me <laughs> so many times no kimberly we're not doing that the benefit is in the whole plant the thc is important yeah
1: yeah well thanks for sharing that
2: yeah and he's like it will happen there will be a day where people recognize that they the single molecule although good is not as beneficial
1: yep um, yep yeah, yeah. i really am glad that we stuck with it too yeah yeah that we didn't yeah move from that and it was hard oh uh, that's yeah me. actually yeah <laughs> we've we fought quite a few battles and we have scars no doubt we have scars yes anyway let's keep going so uh so there was a clinical studies uh, that CBD was most effective when paired with at least some THC, even if it wasn't enough to cause a high. Uh, let's see. Um, however, in the United States, considering that cannabis with THC was still a Schedule One drug, which means it was in the same category as heroin, had no acceptable and no accepted medical use. And this problem caused by this was also making any research very difficult, and here's the one that really makes me sad, and caused sick people in many states to be treated as criminals. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like You are not taking this plant for recreational uh, anything. You were taking it because it was the only thing that you could use, whether that be cost-related or there was no other prescription medicin medication out there to solve your problem, and you got your butt hauled off the jail. Yes, you did. So, you wow, did. is that is that adding insult to injury? Y- yes, salt on a wound.
2: It was. It's very. Yeah. It was a very difficult time. Yeah. We are getting out of that, hopefully.
1: All right. So they still complain that uh, slow to regulate uh, this booming industry has led to just a deluge of products smoothies, beverages, and some not to contain any CBD at all. Yeah. And we have run into that over and over. We didn't need FDA to tell us. Uh, yeah, we randomly studied you know, X number of products and over half of them did not have CBD or did not have what was stated. Uh, yeah, we come into this all the time too. We'll check out products and literally have zero in them of what they said was supposed to be in it.
2: Yeah, and they were very, very uh, persuasive, confident people that approached us and and we were like, okay, well, we could trust or we can check it out.
1: So, and that leads to their next comment. It's the absence of oversight. The push to get more patients access to cannabis medicine and bona fide CBD has been co-opted by a push to make as much money as possible off of a next big wellness fad. At a certain point, it actually had a life of its own. And Kim and I absolutely saw that. We yes. saw people peddling crap and being dishonest and the, and the switch and baits. Oh, my God, we saw so much. Yeah. yeah,
2: Thankfully, we don't see as much as we did before. Thankfully, I'm hoping those products are just uh, they're losing track because uh, obviously it's not working. There's not any CBD in there or there's definitely not enough CBD in there. One of the two. Um, And then the second is um, the worst part about this wave that went through the community is that now people don't believe in CBD. They say, "Oh, I tried it; it didn't work for me, or it didn't work at all." Yeah, oh, that's probably the hardest obstacle to get over um, right now in the CBD world is um, is those those products that were out before.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: People tried them.
1: That was so damaging. Yeah. So damaging. Okay, I only have a few more minutes before okay. the show wraps up. So. Uh, so, so by and so by. Let me start back a little bit. So, in 2010, uh, this summit uh, that Miss Miller was pulling off was gaining some traction. Uh, but I also wanted to share that in the fall of 2010, a very recognized institute had been created: Project CBD.
2: We lo- well, we say it almost every show.
1: <laughs> and, and we
2: love Project right. CBD.
1: And initially it was set up where anyone could look through studies organized by disease or condition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I, I really did not know that was all a part of this movement. And again, big shout out to Project CBD.
2: Yes, they have a wonderful, wonderful website. They do not sell CBD. It is just information.
1: All right. And then they also suggest a most critical turning point for CBD. And this will be my last point. uh, Came in August 2013 when CNN, hosted by Dr. Sunjay Gupta, profiled a six-year-old girl in Colorado, Charlotte Figgy. Did I say that right? I know we've known her now. Okay. Which used CBD to treat her epilepsy. And we all know the brand that was Charlotte's Web. Uh, And then, of course, from that point on, everyone wanted CBD. Uh, Now, there was a final statement by this team that I wanted to share. Uh, It was uh, Dr. Russo. So uh, when I asked Dr. Russo, who oversaw much of GW Pharmaceuticals research, how he feels about it all, he sighed. You do something and then other people run with it and it turns into something else that you don't recognize. He said, I'm always concerned, but what I like to do, what what I like to dwell upon is what this, what is the real potential here? Yeah. So the real potential was brought to bear. All right. All right. So I thought that was a very cool story. Anybody want to look, set, look that up and read it. It's kind of interesting, a hidden origin story of the CBD craze. All right. I also was able to get a phone number for Dr. Daniel's office. And again, we may direct people to this episode. And if you are listening and you have a friend, family member, or someone, you know, who has an illness that could work with an alternative medicine, uh, please feel free to share this episode uh, and dr daniel's phone number would be four seven nine five seven nine nine five nine five. and again you want to go to com. dr Daniel, dr daniel whitelock anyway okay well,
2: and thank you to him because, again, as we've said before, yeah. the more doctors we can get on here, the better for the community and the the story forward. and we, love. We keep trying to think about the story going yeah. forward.
1: All right, all right. So I want to thank all of our listeners. Please pass our show around. Make a make our group larger. And till the next time we meet, this is Ed. And this is Kim. Saying goodbye for now.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye,
1: everybody